Thank you for joining us for this message from More Life Church, where we exist to love God, to love people, and to reach a region for Jesus and to make a difference for generations to come. Now, to learn more about how we're reaching our community and how you can partner with us and learn how God has uniquely designed you, check out Grow Steps on Demand by visiting morelifechurch.com slash growsteps or by downloading our app today. But for now, enjoy today's message. All right. Thank you, guys. Now I have 12 minutes so that the parking lots don't get too full out there. (laughs) I hear it. I hear you. Um, First Chronicles chapter 16. This is going to be our foundational text for this entire series. I plan on reading it every weekend that I'm with you on this series. Um, I'd like for you to commit this verse to memory. Every age present in this room, I'd love for you to commit this verse to memory. It lays a foundation that we are going to build upon each weekend. And whether you have been a Christ follower for decades or you are early in your relationship with Christ, we must have a proper understanding of what it means to be worshipers. And Worship is not a style, it's not a trend, it's not a musical genre, it is bigger than anything that we could describe and define. Worship is anything that flows or extends from our heart with the intention of honoring God. That's what worship is. It's more than just the words we sing, but it includes that. And here is what the writer of 1 Chronicles says. In fact, it's an entire song that David leads the the children of Israel in. It's a portion of that song. Verse 29 says this. Give to the Lord the glory do his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. This is not a request, this is not a suggestion, this is not a soft idea, this is a command that came from the creator of heaven and earth that we are to give God the glory that is due his name. It is our heart's offering to him that he and he alone is worth all of our honor and all of our praise. This, this word uh, worship in the Hebrew means to bow down, to depress. That doesn't mean an emotional state of downcast. It means to be low. It means to be before God in worship, to be before, it, it gives the insinuation of before Angels or even false gods. To bow down and to prostrate oneself. Now, this may be a physical response or it may be a spiritual, an attitude response. But we are to have a heart that bows down to God in worship. Now, how many of you know this? That often the outside of us 
doesn't reflect the inside of us. Ever had that happen before? It reminds me of an old story where a young boy was reprimanded and he's told to sit down and he sits down but he still has the attitude and one of his friends says, how does that make you feel? And the boy says, I'm mad. I may be sitting down on the outside but I'm standing up on the inside. (laughs) And we all can do that. You may be seated right now and your heart may be low before him. We could be standing in worship, but our hearts could be bowed before him. You know, you could even be bowed in the floor physically and your heart not be in it. This is a spiritual state. It is an internal reflection of our heart. Give glory, give to the Lord the glory to his name. Um, So the promise for this series is that my goal is this, and I'm asking God for his help, that in this series, that we will learn to emphasize his presence over our production. I need to talk plain to you for a few minutes. We got lights, we got camera, we got action. I believe in production, I believe in fog machines, I believe in all of that, but what I want you to understand is, you can have every technical thing in a worship service go exactly right and production can be crisp to a T and not have the thing we're in pursuit of, which is the presence of God. And my heart is hungry for the presence of God. Um, Several Weeks ago, I had an opportunity to be in Chicago. Today, right after the second service, I'm, I'm going to be going to Dallas. I love learning, and sometimes that means I go places to learn. I was in Chicago learning how to, um, investing in my preaching ministry and wanting to be a better preacher and teacher of the word. And I've always wanted to learn and grow in the area in which I believe that I'm gifted in. So I was doing that, kind of minding my own business, and some a thought-provoking moment came to me in the middle of that that had nothing to do really with preaching and teaching and why I was there, and it's really how this um, series was born, that we needed to emphasize his presence and really go after God in worship. So I formed a a small group of people that uh, we've begun studying and praying and looking at different things, and during this series, I'm gonna answer questions like, um, why do we worship? Why do we, wor- why do we worship in church? Why do we do this together? What is worship? All those things I'm gonna to endeavor to get to, and today is just simply meant to be an introduction. And so three things that you might um, want to jot down, or I think you'll notice. What does it mean to emphasize his presence over production for me? What am I specifically wanting us as a church to do and respond in? I've asked three questions, and I want you to ask yourself these questions as you're approaching God in worship, whether it's publicly as we're gathered together or in in your own home, maybe with you and your family. Number one, um, did we worship authentically? Think about what you just did a few moments ago. Was it authentic? Was it from your heart? Was it disengaged? Was it distracted? 
Was it paying attention to other things? Was your, was, your, was your heart really, really in it? And did you do it the way you're wired? Not the way anyone else you see. Not the way anyone else you've observed. But did you, with your whole heart, authentically have a chance to worship? And did you engage in that opportunity? Our church should give people every weekend an opportunity to worship authentically. Second, in our time pursuing his presence, was the word of God preached unapologetically? I think I do okay at that. I think there's always room for improvement, but I think that we live in a world that is overly apologetic. And may I just say something to you? None of us have the authority to apologize for what God has revealed to humanity in his written word. He said what he meant, he meant what he said, and there is no apology that's necessary. Right? Um, third, third, were people able to experience community? Were you able to connect with another human being? And we'll look at all those things, but that's how I'm processing this. So Matthew chapter four, is where I want to land for today. Matthew chapter four is the passage of Jesus being tempted by the devil in the wilderness, punctuated by Jesus emphasizing the importance of worship. Matthew chapter four. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This is a fascinating passage of scripture to me. I don't have, it's not, the, it's not my text for today, but I just need you to understand this. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you to a place where you end up getting tempted by the devil to do something that's not in your best interest. <laughs> Read the text again. I, then Jesus was led, everybody say led, up by the Spirit, capital S. The Holy Spirit led Jesus in this spot. Into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days, Jesus was hungry. And 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he, Jesus, answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he shall give his chain angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. Pause. I need you to see this. The devil's quoting scripture. The devil knows the Bible probably better than we do. He's using a text out of context and he's twisted it to get Jesus to do something that isn't good. Just to know, by the way, verse seven, Jesus' response to him is, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So Satan says, Jump off the cliff, angels will protect you. 
Jesus says it's written, I shouldn't tempt the Lord my God. What would be the temptation to the Lord if you jump off a mountain? To let you go splat is one temptation. <laughs> he says, no, not gonna tempt him that way. Again, the devil took him up on, the, on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things will, be, will I give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So I need to say something about verse seven for clarification before we go further and then I'm gonna give you some things about worship real quick. I wanna talk to you about temptation and I wanna settle um, something that you might have heard that's unscriptural, which is the idea that God tempts people. I, wanna, I want you to see in James chapter one that, I, that you need to remove this, if it's a part of your belief system that God tempts us, you need to remove this from your belief system. I'm gonna show you why in James chapter one. James chapter one verse 12 says this, blessed is the man who endures temptation, so the context as, he's read, as we're reading is temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive, the, receive a crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, watch this, underline it, circle it, highlight it, nor does he, God, himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted, he's gonna tell you now where the temptation comes, it doesn't come from God, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desires conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Now, what changes and has the power to change our desires and keep us from conceiving sin and thereby conceiving death in our life? It's this subject we're talking about. It's worship. Worship in the wilderness has the potential to keep you from temptation and allow the proper things to grow in your life. So put yourself in that spot back in Matthew chapter four. Been temp he's, been, he's been fasted 40 days. 40 days and 40 nights. Now, um, I wanna be really authentic with you. As you can tell from my physique, I'm not a big faster. I know there's times for fasting and prayer, but I love the seasons of feasting and prayer. Come on, somebody, like that's my moment. I believe in that. 40, 40 minutes sometimes is a tough fast for me. Can I get an amen? Like, I believe in that method where you just fuel your body and you eat every 18 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's grazing. 
I have these certain things that I built up in my mind. We were in Boston celebrating with my, my friend Josh Roberts, and it was really cold, and I had this coat on, a really warm coat. And my daughter was freezing, and, I'm like, and she's like, yeah, you got that big coat, da, 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 da. Why'd you even buy it? It's freezing cold. I mean, it's freezing cold. I said, I bought this coat in case I decide to climb Mount Everest. And you know what Audrey said? She said, climb Mount Everest? You don't even climb the stairs. <laughs> I haven't talked to her since. That she's just, yeah, I haven't spoke. <laughs> 40 days. Let's not over-spiritualize this. He's hungry. He's got his mind on things. He's got desires. He's, thi he's thinking. When I was in Baptist high school, they taught me that this text is talking about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and there's a lot of truth in those three categories. But what, what brings our desire back is what Jesus finishes with. He says you can curb your desires, you can change what's going on in your life if you will just spend a moment and worship. Everything in this text came down to I'm gonna worship God and he's the only one that I'm going to serve. So, so what is worship about? Just as we start this series, it's about two things. It's about attention and it's about time. About attention and about time. By the way, these are probably the two most valuable commodities that humanity possesses. Attention and time. Notice that the world around us is vying for these two things. Attention and time. That little device you have in your hand, pocket or purse, is vying for your attention and your time. It disgusts me, not that, I'm going, not that I'm going to do anything about it, but it disgusts me. My wife sent me a text saying, I'm going, uh, my, my oldest son, his last day of college uh, in, in, house, or in the university before exams was last week, and he and Angie went to lunch to celebrate, and they went to a particular restaurant. I'm not gonna say it out loud because I don't want any more advertisements on my phone, but she sent me a text and told me the name of the advertisement. About 20 minutes later, I opened Instagram, and it was the very second, it was the second thing in my newsfeed was a sponsored ad from that restaurant. Attention. So what did I do? I sent Angie a text and say, I'll take a da-da-da-da-da-da-da with the sweet tea if you, if you get it. Like, like, so it worked. Right? It worked. She didn't bring it home to me, but it worked for me, right? <laughs> Time and attention. So, so the opposite of attention is distraction. And the opposite of time, for the sake of our conversation, is impatience. How much do you fight impatience? It gets on my nerves when God tries to teach me about patience. <laughs> And distraction, how much distraction do we deal with? Oh my goodness, so much. 
Listen, it's the same tricks just with advanced technology. It's still true from the text. The devil is showing Jesus all of these options. Hey, why don't you choose this? You're hungry, how about some bread? You could have power over all this stuff. Why don't you look at this great big city that I could give you and all of the power in the world? What is that doing? It's grabbing his attention and it's using up his time. So how do you gain it back? I think the Bible's solution is through worship. Worship is meant to slow you down and bring your attention back to the creator of heaven and earth. Now it might take you a long time to get focused on him when you begin this. You maybe have been in this for a long time and still takes you a long time. I need you to understand that the tension of distraction and impatience will never be solved in your life. Never. Now, it may loosen its grip on you, but you always will be tempted with distraction and impatience. Always. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> Worship assists us in, remind, in, in, assists us in reminding ourselves that Nothing is more important than him. And nothing is more worthy of our time and attention than him. It slows everything down in your life. You have, you have an incredible opportunity as you Make a shift in your life. The time change that we did for our services. It was causing stress, it was causing pressure. I don't do well when I'm under a time constraint. So guess what I realized? I'm in control of it, we can change this. And I'm like, now here's the thing, once you realize you can change it and you leave it the same, you can't blame God for tempting you because you've left something there that you have the power to move. And as soon as I said it and the, and the team gave support, there was this great big sigh of relief and weight that lifted off of my shoulders. And can I be honest with you? I didn't really even care if you liked the decision. <laughs> it didn't matter. You wanna know why? Because the days of caring about how many people are there need to be over in our church brain. And what we need to ask ourselves is not how many people were there, but was the one who mattered most in our midst? Was he here? And measure it by that. And measure it by that. And we can slow things down. I, I, I have to tell you this story, and I'm gonna close. On distractions, you have lots of examples without my help. 
If I were to invite you on the platform, you could come up with, I'd have to stop you from how many things you get distracted by. I'd have to stop you. And I need, oh, I need to stop you now from being distracted by what you're distracted by. And like bring, it, bring you back, right? Time and attention. I've told this story, but it, it bears repeating because mo- many of the most significant moments in my life have been born out of prayer and worship, and those two things go together for me. We were finishing Bible school. Angie was expecting for the very first time, and our, we have four kids, and our oldest kids are twins. And um, the initial celebration of that was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Da, 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 da. We were like, we were thrilled. But then as time went on, and it got closer to the time for her to give birth, I realized something. My overthinking kicked in, and I realized I've just doubled my personal responsibility as a human. We're going, the Penningtons are going from two to four. I worried, and I got panicked, and I was distracted by the worry and the panic. And had lots to do. I had lots of money to earn to save so that we would be prepared. And there were literally dozens and dozens of things that I could do with my time. And I made this decision. I'm going to spend some time giving God my attention through worship. And I literally at one point was kneeling on the floor in front of the little boom box. And I saw a picture in my brain. And like a video kind of rolled off in my mind. And I saw this mountain made out of diapers. And at first I interpreted it as it's gonna take a mountain of diapers to meet the need and the distraction and the worry got heavy. And as I continued to give God my worship while I was in my own personal wilderness, the image changed. And I didn't know how, I didn't know when, but I had this sense that God is gonna take care of all of our needs. That's a Bible verse. And then I got another verse that said, my God shall always supply all sufficiency in all things, and you're gonna always abound to every good work. Another Bible verse. And Bible verse after Bible verse started coming to my mind that I had fed on, that I had studied, and I realized Whatever the weight I was carrying did not need to be carried anymore. And listen, that was my own personal mini temptation, M-I-N-I, small temptation to give the enemy my attention and my time. How often do we do that? Something builds up in our mind, we change our entire schedule, we rearrange our entire life because we were distracted and now we begin to go chase something that God never wanted us to chase. When we could have had our hearts clear and just worshiped. Just worshiped 
gotten low before God and let him do whatever he's going to do. Worship has the power to control the distraction and the impatience. Here's what's going to happen for many of us. As we start doing this on our own, we're going to get impatient and say, hurry up, God, and do this thing. And um, I've not been able to, maybe you will be able to, I have yet been able, I have, I have yet been able to um, rush God. He doesn't seem to go at my pace. Isaiah, verse 40, or chapter 40, let me find it. It, it won't be on screen. Let's see if I can find it. It's in the Old Testament, right? Isaiah 40, I think it's verse 31. That's it. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and they won't be weary. They will walk and they will not faint as they wait on him. The twins were born in the middle of July and I showed up to the workplace where I was working, a place called Miller's Essen Plots. Some friends in the room that I worked with at Miller's, they might have had something to do with this. But I was working, I, was, I did anything they needed. I waited tables, I cooked on the line, I painted fences, I, I, I just said, I'll do whatever, I'll do whatever you, whatever you, Whatever you'll pay me to do, I'll do it, right? I need the money. And I don't remember who it was, but they brought me into this back banquet room. All the lights were off, and it, was un, it wasn't unusual for me to just go and do whatever, you know, just move, and it was just all hands on deck, right? They brought me back into this room. The lights were off. They turned the lights off, and a whole bunch of the staff at Miller's was there, and they, and they just they made a whole bunch of noise and they had stacked on like two great big round banquet tables all the diapers you could imagine. I saw two mountains of diapers in that banquet hall. And listen to this, they were so wise, they had all the different sizes, from preemie to newborn to one, two, three, four, five. Now I'm waiting for somebody to give me like 50-year-old diapers, but I'm not ready for it. But you know, they, like, that's how it progresses, I guess. And, and, and it was just like a mountain of God, it was a mountain of God's provision. It was a mountain of God saying, listen, it's not about the diapers. What it's about is God saying, I got you. You wait on me and I strengthen you. You wait on me and I give you the no weary life. You wait on me and I make sure you've got strength and you can soar, not for your glory, but we're giving all the glory that is due his name, to him be all the honor, all the glory, forever and ever, amen. Thanks again for joining us for this message from More Life Church. Now, if this message spoke to you, we would love for you to share it with someone you think could use it. And finally, if you would like to partner with us financially, you can do that by visiting morelifechurch.com give. Now have an amazing day.